0: This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics in Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. I'm sure that y'all are familiar with the stereotype that Appalachia is home to a bunch of reclusive inbred mountain people. Most Appalachians find this offensive, and for good reason. Most of us are not inbred. Most of us have never met or even seen someone like that, but I have. I live right down the road from one such family, the Mundys. For over a hundred years, the Mundy family has lived at the house at the end of the road, each generation more inbred than the last. I don't want you all to picture their home as some old, dilapidated Victorian manor that sits like a stain in a subdivision. This ain't like the Burbs or Edward Scissorhands. Make no mistake, the road that I lived on is unpaved and long. Manufactured homes and the occasional cabin sit on large lots spread up the mountain. These are lower to middle lower class families. There are a few retirees with new pickups, but overall, there ain't much money around here. My home sits about halfway up the road, and on a fall day, when the trees are bare, I can look up the mountain and see part of the Mundy house. Now, I said not to picture it as a, an old dilapidated Victorian manor because it's not, but it's old and dilapidated. It's larger than the rest of the homes on the road, but it's box-shaped, a Civil War era build. The paint is faded, the roof is in disrepair, there's junk spread across the property, windows are broken and covered by plywood. It's seen better days, that's for sure. Actually, as the story goes, the Mundys were somewhat normal back in the day. The home was built in the 1800s by a Confederate veteran, He was married to his cousin, which I agree ain't normal, but back then, it wasn't that frowned upon. Plus, I think that they were second or maybe even third cousins, something like that.
0: Anyways,
1: Mr. Mundy started a local general store. It proved to be pretty popular and Mundy became a successful businessman and a major fixture in the community. He even dabbled in local politics. Mundy and his wife had eight children which was a typical amount back then, five boys and three girls. A couple of the boys died young of illness, and one of the daughters was murdered by a jealous lover, whom the remaining brothers dealt with violently and with finality. Of the five remaining children, Levi was the golden child. He worked the general store and had interest in politics like his father. However, unbeknownst to the parents, Levi and his sister Sarah were romantically involved. Mama Mundy died early of what was most likely cancer, and old Mundy subsequently fell into a deep depression. He took to the bottle pretty hard, and one night, he went on a drunken hike and died after tumbling down the mountain. Levi, being the favorite, inherited the store, and now that the parents were no longer around to disapprove, he married his sister. Now back then... You could marry a cousin and most people wouldn't mind, but marrying your sister, well, that has always been abhorrent. Levi and Sarah were too in love to feel shame or embarrassment any longer, so they put their relationship out in the open for everyone to see, and that made folks pretty uncomfortable. So the locals, they stopped shopping at the Monday's general store. As you can guess, no customers meant no money, So, the store closed down. You might be wondering what happened to the other Mundys. Surely they weren't okay with their siblings marrying each other, bankrupting the family business, and creating little inbred babies in the house that they grew up in, right? Wrong. They knew about Levi and Sarah long before the two married. And get this, they joined in on the indecency. I'll spare you the details, but... Story goes that there were nights that people heard some blood-curdling love-making taking place in that house. A real family affair. Sarah, she gave birth to many children, not all of which survived. And of the six that did, they almost certainly were not all Levi's. Although, they were all his blood in one way or another. When a family is so intermixed, the individual stories begin to blur. I do not know what happened to Levi and Sarah's siblings. Some stayed at home, others moved away. I can only imagine that there's some other Appalachian road with a Mundy family on it. But all I can tell you about now are the Mundys that live on my own road. They don't really come out much, and when you do see them, it's a bit like Bigfoot sightings. You want to take a picture to prove that they exist, but... You also do not want to get too close. They don't drive, so they don't go into town. I don't know what they eat, to be honest. They don't have electricity or plumbing. They have a well on their property, so I guess that's where they get their water. There's five of them up there and one really old lady. I've seen her less than the others, maybe only three times in my entire life. I saw her when I was about nine years old. Us kids used to sneak up the mountain to try and catch a a look at the Mundys. Our parents were ignorant of this of course. But one afternoon we got about 30 feet from the house. The front door was open so we actually got a peek inside. There was a long hall that appeared to go from the front of the house to the back and standing in that hall hunched over was the old lady and she was looking right at us. We immediately ducked down the mountain and we ran home. But we also decided that the consequences of disobedience were worth telling our parents about the old lady. They were not happy, but I'll never forget the concern on my father's face as he looked up that mountain. Like, the old lady's presence somehow made the situation more disturbing. The second time that I saw her, I was 17. But my dog had gotten loose and caught a scent that took him up the mountain, and my heart sank when I saw that he was going towards the Mundy's house. I reluctantly took chase and found myself on their property. It was evening time, the sun hadn't fully set. Nobody was outside that I could see, and I knew that if they were, I would have been in danger. People had wandered on their property before and barely escaped with their lives the Mundies were extremely hostile to trespassers. I whispered loudly and desperately to my dog but he was hooked on a scent. He went to the side of the house weaving around junk that I ain't sure how they obtained. Children's toys, car parts, empty bottles and cans. My dog came to a halt to sniff whatever odor and I snagged him by the collar and as I turned to rush him home there she was she was sitting in a dirty old chair it wasn't on a porch or in any spot where it would make sense she was just sitting in the yard amongst the junk i'm often respectful even when it's against my better judgment so my first instinct was to apologize and tell her that i was just retrieving my dog she didn't respond she simply stared at me i averted my gaze and promptly fled the property Now, she looked to be about 90 years old at the time, and aside from her sort of witchy old face, the other thing that struck me were her clothes. They looked like clothes that I'd seen in pictures of women from the 1800s. The third time that I saw her was a week ago, and to help you understand how weird that is, I'm nearly 30 years old now. So, in other words, I saw a 90 something year old over a decade ago, and then last week, I saw her again it's not impossible to live so long I guess but pretty rare right especially in such poor conditions anyway it was late at night I was sitting outside drinking a beer and looking at the stars when I heard the shuffling of feet coming down the dirt road I sat up and sure enough I saw shadowy figures I could tell right away that these people they weren't right their gait was awkward, their posture was weird, my heart skipped a beat when I counted five of them, because it was the Mondays. They walked right past without looking at me, I was too shocked to move, I mean, I ain't ever seen them come down the mountain before. I watched them continue down the road when I heard some more shuffling from the direction they came, it was the old lady... She had a long, wide dress on. I couldn't see her feet, but I heard them kicking up dirt and rock. She looked almost like she was floating, in fact. But here's the part that really gives me chills. As she hobbled in front of me, she stopped. She turned, looked directly at me, and without warning, let out a soul-piercing scream. She wasn't scared, although the scream itself was horrifying, No, this was something different. This was a call. Out of my peripheral, I saw the other Mundy sprinting back up the road. Their run was awkward like their walk, but while their walk was sort of clumsy and slow, their run was quick and powerful. I took off for my door and I stumbled inside. I locked the door, grabbed one of my dad's old pistols and I shut off the lights. My parents were startled out of bed by this nightmare and dad rushed into the living room with another drawn gun. I shushed him and waved him over to the window where I was peeking at the blinds. The old woman had stopped the screaming the second that I had gone indoors and now the Mundys stood side by side staring at my home. The only light was from the moon which was not full but this was the best look that I'd ever gotten of the Mundy's three men, two women, and the old lady. They were all deformed, some worse than others. They looked like patients that you'd find in an insane asylum. Honestly, they looked like sub-level inmates. Other inmates lived amongst white tile and cotton sheets, but these guys, they looked like they would have been housed in a whetstone cellar, too horrifying for anyone to see. My dad gasped when he laid eyes on the family, all lined up on the road. That's the old lady I saw when I was a kid, I told him. I asked him if he had any idea her relation to the younger ones, which, considering how inbred they are, is a bit like asking someone to figure out where a circle ends. But what he said still baffles me. Dad looked at me real seriously and said, That's Sarah i figured that there must be another sarah the one that married levi would be at least 140 years old now not levi's wife she'd be too old i argued but dad just looked at me he doesn't say much but when he does it's precise and true my dad ain't one for wasting words the Mundys. they eventually turned and headed back down the mountain I wanted to stay up and watch them return, but they never did. At least, not back the way that they came. But I've seen them since, up in their property. Which means that they must have climbed up the back way, which is quite a challenge. It's steep and there ain't any roads there. I can't imagine that old lady being capable of accomplishing such a task. I kept thinking back to what dad told me. My logical mind tells me that there's just no way a woman that old exists, let alone would have even been capable of walking. And I never heard of any old lady even half that age with the capacity to let out such a scream. But there's something that gets me, makes me think that she truly is Sarah. The Mundys look inbred, their faces and bodies are contorted, but the old lady is not. At least not beyond what you'd expect from aging. From what I understand, Sarah and her siblings weren't strange looking. Their parents weren't closely related enough to muddy up the gene pool. There ain't any records on these folks. They stop after Levi, Sarah, and their siblings. However, nobody ever found any death certificates for that bunch either. Which ain't a surprise. Which isn't really a surprise considering the Mundies are as reclusive as they come. They're born on the mountain, and they die on the mountain. They sure as heck ain't sharing family events with anybody outside of that immediate household, that much is for sure. And if you're wondering why social services or some other government agency hasn't stepped in, well, that's a mystery as well. Perhaps it's because there's just no record of them existing, and until recently... Nobody ever saw them outside their property. We'd all just stay away from the end of the road and pretend that they didn't exist. Live and let live, I guess. However, what I discovered this morning has made me reconsider that saying. The first thing I do when I wake up each morning is I get out of bed and open my blinds to let the sunlight in. But upon opening them, red light flooded my room My eyes hadn't fully woken up, so my initial thought was that there was a wildfire. I stepped outside to look and found that it was a clear day, blue sky and all. So I knew then that it was the window itself that was red. As I got closer, that's when I saw the coagulation and bits of what appeared to be hair or fur. The entire window... ...had been smeared with blood. My family is fine, don't worry. The police came out and they took a report. They were pretty apprehensive about questioning the Mundys. Told me that the Mundys don't mess with no one. They even argued with me and said that it was most likely someone that I knew playing a prank. One officer even accused me of doing it myself. But to heck with them. I need answers... I need to know who that old lady is, and why ain't there any young kids? I mean, I find it hard to believe that this generation of mutants is the one to break tradition. Maybe I'll find something that'll convince somebody to end that nightmare and move the Mundy's to some place that ain't here. Whatever the case, I am going into that house.
0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment Well I did it. I went into the Mundy's house. I figured that the exterior was a good indication of what was to be expected inside but what I discovered was so much worse than I could have imagined. Now I told you all about how they came down the mountain late at night. Well they did it again. 1am seems to be their preferred time to do whatever they're doing. So I sat in the dark, peeking at the blinds, and watched the five younger Mundy's walk past the house, and then trailing about 20 feet behind them was the old lady. She didn't stop and scream this time. She just hobbled past without even looking in my direction. I waited for them to get a ways down the road, and then I grabbed my pistol, put on my headlamp, and I headed towards their house. Nighttime on the mountain, Let me tell you, it is dark. There ain't any light pollution out here, so there's an added creepiness to the Mundy's house at night. People not from around here might look at the dark, decaying old house and assume that it was long abandoned, but the reality is that it's been occupied longer than any other house on the mountain. Once on the property, though, I turned on my headlamp to cross the yard without tripping over the junk. As I said before, there's heaps of stuff thrown around here that just doesn't make any sense. Car parts, but no car. Kids toys, but no kids. Maybe they're stealing this stuff during their late night excursions? I made it to the front door, which was easy enough to get through, considering nobody had locked it. Apparently, they ain't worried about intruders. As I stepped inside... The first thing that I noticed was the smell. It's by far the worst odor that I've ever had the displeasure of inhaling. The second thing that I noticed was the buzzing flies. Lots of them. And at that moment, I was confident that I'd be finding a dead body in here. I plugged my nose and took another step down the hall. I'd seen the old lady standing so many years ago. At one point, it was wallpapered much of which has peeled away over time. What remains is stained and dirty. The walls have holes in them and you can see into other rooms through these holes. I could also tell that the wood was as old as the house itself, which means that there'd obviously been no history of remodeling this place. With each step, I thought that I would break through the floor, but by some miracle it stayed strong. I entered a room to the left. By my understanding of typical house layouts, I'd say the room was at one point either a den or a dining room, but now it appeared to be a place they slept and urinated. That's right, they do it in the same room, both directly on the floor. Although, maybe the filthy pillows are used for something other than sleeping. I guess that's just wishful thinking on my part though. The buzzing of the flies grew louder as I headed further towards the back of the house. I entered the kitchen and it became a roar. The room was host to more flies than I think I'd ever seen. The source of the smell was in there as well, and my stomach couldn't handle it. I tried my best to get outside, but I couldn't make it in time. I vomited in the hallway. Panic set in. They were going to see the vomit and know that someone was in there. And after the incident the other night and then the blood on the window, I figured that I'd be suspect number one. They really don't have much for towels, maybe none at all in fact. So I grabbed one of those dirty pillows. I wiped up my mess, which at the time I did consider that maybe they wouldn't even notice it. The house was that bad. They don't use pillowcases, so... I just returned the pillow to the room and flipped it over so that the puke-soaked side was hidden. And honestly, the vomit ain't detracting much from the current condition of that pillow. I took a breath, plugged my nose, and headed back to the kitchen. I stepped into the swarm of flies. Keeping my eyes open was actually really difficult too. I'm not sure if you've ever come across an odor so foul that your eyes burned, but that's what this was. Plus... All the flies buzzing around my face didn't make it easier either. I realized that what the flies were circulating were several plastic buckets sitting on the floor. This was a a Civil War era kitchen, by the way. No fridge, just a a wood-burning stove, moldy old cabinets and buckets. Reluctantly, I stepped toward the buckets. I held my breath and looked inside. Once again, my stomach lurched. Inside were pounds of rotten meat. I couldn't tell from what, and I didn't have it in me to keep looking. I stormed out of the room and somehow managed to fight back the bile, because I guess I know what they eat now. The house is two stories, and the stairs are in horrible condition. The railing is gone, and just about every other step is damaged, but I needed to know what was upstairs. However, as I walked back up the hall, I noticed something. There was a door below the stairs, and it was padlocked. Is it weird that I thought even a padlock would be too complicated for the Mundys? I didn't have anything on me to break the lock, and there was no way that I was going to shoot it, so I just continued up the stairs. There were three bedrooms. The first one that I went into was small and full of children's clothes. Modern clothing too. This was of course very alarming as that's not all that was in there. Just a a massive pile of it. Do they have kids? Are they stealing kids clothes? Or worst of all, are they stealing kids? Children do go missing out here occasionally. The second room was a similar size, maybe a bit longer. This room was severely damaged. There was a large hole in the floor which allowed me to see back downstairs. The walls had sort of a primitive artwork on it, like someone finger-painted on them or something. They didn't use paint, though. The color palette seemed limited to the colors that came out of a human body. Handprints, stick figures, shapes, but one thing left me deeply unsettled... There were a series of four numbers that I recognized. It was my address. I moved on to the final room. The door was closed. I turned the knob and went in. This was the largest bedroom. The master, it seems. Inside was one of the more shocking discoveries from the night, too. Aside from the dust, it was absolutely clean. And not only that... Someone decorated it like an actual bedroom. What I mean is that there was a full-sized bed, a stand-up mirror, a chest of drawers, and nightstands. However, the furniture was ancient, Civil War era. Sitting on the nightstand was a framed picture, black and white, a man and a woman. It looked to be from the 1800s, but they weren't smiling, as is often the case in pictures from that time. They weren't deformed like the Mundys are now, but they did look like siblings, similar faces and hair color. I also recognized the dress on the woman as the one that I'd seen on the old lady, the one that she was wearing. It must be Levi and Sarah. The nightstand that the picture had been sitting on was positioned beneath an uncovered window, so I had turned off my headlamp not to draw attention, The light from the moon was sufficient enough. I turned my headlamp back on to snap a picture of the photograph. And when I did, I heard that familiar, soul-piercing scream coming from the back of the house. I immediately shut off my light and looked out the window. And there they were. They were hurtling themselves up the steep incline of the mountain like animals. The old lady was clinging to the back of one of the men and she was staring right at me i dropped the picture and i ran i lunged down the stairs as quickly as possible and out of the house i didn't turn back i sprinted home ran inside and i instantly locked the door the gun hasn't left my side i was happy to see the sunlight this morning and that the Mundy's didn't come down the mountain after me but i didn't get a lick of sleep I can't call the police too because, well, there's really nothing to report aside from my own trespassing. But They'd written my address on their wall in something that looked like blood. Just the numbers, but that was enough to freak me out. Plus, what's up with all the children's clothes? My gut tells me that I should take my parents and leave town for a bit, but I think that I'm close to finding something big here. I I need to know what's in that padlocked room. And plus, where do the Mondays go at night? Sometimes you have to wonder who the more powerful being is, God or Satan. Up here in Appalachia, there's a church just about every few miles. The folks inside would tell you that by believing in Christ and letting go of your earthly desires, you may one day enter the kingdom of heaven, the paradise ruled by the Lord himself. But why is it that earthly desires are seen as something that we should ignore? After all, we do live on Earth, don't we? So, what's wrong with living in accordance with the only place that we know? Maybe, maybe Earth is ruled by the devil. A fellow that lives right in the eyes of the Lord might be comforted by the promise of everlasting life in heaven. But what of those who live according to the will of Satan? What are they promised? I don't have the answers to these questions. However, what I discovered last night has left me sure that there are people on this mountain who do. The Mundys once again came down the road an hour past midnight. I watched out the window as they passed my house with that incident. Three men, two women, and the old lady again. My goal for the night was to follow them and find out exactly what it is that they've been doing. Gun clipped to my waist... I set out into the night behind them. I stayed back a great way, not to take any chances of spooking them. For this reason, I brought some binoculars with me as well. The Mundys walked like a group possessed. There was no chatting, no pointing, no looking at the stairs or for the hooting owls, no concern about bears or the rustling noises the woods make at night, They just kept walking and then towards the end of the road, where the ground begins to level out, they stepped into the woods. I was about a hundred yards behind them now, and the way I saw it was that my options were either to give up and go home or (sighs) hasten my pace a bit and follow them into the woods. I chose the latter. Going into the Appalachian woods at night can be risky for many reasons. Dangerous wildlife is an obvious one, but I bet you all ain't too familiar with shiners. Hillbillies hiding amongst the trees, producing illegal moonshine. Them fellas get real paranoid sometimes. I stepped into the forest line and I listened for the crunch of leaves. I could hear the mundies moving, but the forest was too thick to see through. They don't use any flashlights or lanterns, so any shadows they cross through keeps them hidden. I decided to step into the woods and follow the noise. I had to walk as slowly and carefully as possible, otherwise I couldn't hear them over my movement. After several minutes of sneaking through the woods, my heart jumped as a commotion stirred directly in front of me. The rustling of the leaves was followed by a quick patter away. A rabbit. I relaxed at the realization and then immediately tensed back up when I noticed that The Mundy's had stopped moving. I held my breath and knelt. My heart was racing. Somebody moved, slowly as if sneaking up on prey. I unholstered my pistol and I unlocked the safety. There was movement in front of me, but as I leaned forward to get a better look at what appeared to be a human figure, there was a sudden motion to my left. Then immediately following that, more movement, but this time to my right, I slowly backed up, but then I stopped dead in my tracks because someone was lurking behind me. I was surrounded. I began to panic. The only thing that I felt like I could do was run away, gun blazing. So I readied myself. But then something strange happened. I heard the movement of a group from the same spot the Mundy's had been before the rabbit incident. They were moving away from me, so... Who had me surrounded? I waited a moment for any indication that I was still surrounded but heard nothing except the fading footsteps of the Mundys. Was it just my imagination? I could see that the woods opened up to the road ahead. The moonlight revealed that the trees no longer obscured the Mundys. I stayed back and watched as they crossed the road and headed down a long driveway towards a dark, single-story home... I chose to sit back at the forest line, and I lifted the binoculars to my eyes. I recognized the house as the one the Keller family lives in. They're a friendly couple with three young kids. I see them in town every now and then, and occasional barbecue and all that. I couldn't stand the thought of something happening to them and their boys, though. I almost fired off a shot as a warning, but then I saw Mr. and Mrs. Keller standing on their porch waiting for the Mundys. The image of the two families standing together was baffling at first. They were polar opposites, but as the Mundy stepped to them, the Kellers fell to their knees and bowed as if they were worshipping those inbreds. The old lady stepped to the front of the pack while the Kellers remained bowing. She must have said something because they both sat up simultaneously to look at her. Then the old lady motioned towards the house, and the five younger Mundys entered. The old lady and the Kellers, they remained outside. Suddenly, the Keller children began screaming. They were crying and begging. Out of the front door came the Mundys, dragging the terrified children. The children spotted their parents and pleaded for them to help. The parents... They did nothing but fall to their knees again and bow to the old lady. The three male Mundys gripped the children, carried them like luggage. The kids kicked and flailed. One even appeared to bite the leg of his captor, all to no effect. I'd seen enough. I stood and I fired a series of shots in the air. Let them go, I yelled. The Mundys stopped and looked at me. And then once again, the old lady let out the familiar, soul piercing scream. The male Mundies dropped the children and charged me, but the females scooped the Keller boys right back up. Through my peripheral, I saw one of the women sprinting away at what I can best describe as an Olympian speed while holding two children. The second sister, not far behind with the other child, these were not babies that they were holding too. These were grade school children, and the women were running as if them boys weighed nothing i could hear the horrible fading echo of the bellowing children as they were carried off into the night the mundy brothers were nearly on me as i fired shot after shot the moment was too chaotic for me to point and aim i couldn't tell if i was hitting them as i was both running away and shooting simultaneously then as if sent by god himself headlights appeared around the bend they illuminated the mundys who promptly scattered and disappeared into the woods I listened as the crunch of the leaves grew more distant beneath their rapidly moving feet. The vehicle stopped, and I took a moment to look towards the Keller house. The old lady was gone, but the Keller couple remained, and they just stood there, watching me. The door of the stopped vehicle flew open. "'Get in!' yelled the driver. I recognized his voice. It was my dad." I jumped into his truck and immediately began telling him that the Mundys had kidnapped the Keller boys and that we needed to call the police. He sped off towards home, not stopping to give the Kellers an ounce of acknowledgement. Dad's hands were tight around the steering wheel. Without looking at me, he spoke. Son, it's time that you know the truth about the Mundys.